You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Live, ready to go on as Diesel reminded me this hump day. Let's go. Good morning. What's happening? Thanks for being here. Go America. We are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it, Rocket can. So many things to get to on the program. That U.S. men's national team victory over Iran. Man, that was a stressful final 20 minutes for those of us, Tom, who actually watched the second half. For every NBA team in the country, a similar level of stress and fear and worry as they await this show's power rankings in 40 minutes. It's kind of a big deal. Brian McFadden's going to be on the show in an hour. Longtime former NFL player. My colleague at CBS Sports HQ will get into some college football and some NFL. We'll talk buy or sell. We'll try to slip in a basket bill, which is basically a silly way for me saying I'm going to talk some hoops with you. Aaron Rodgers, one of his former backups, says likes conspiracy theories. And I I read the article, and I went through the conspiracy theories, and I saw one I'd never heard of. And I, I mean, I don't even think it's a conspiracy theory to believe in aliens. And I'm down with Bigfoot. Do I really believe in Bigfoot? No, but but this one is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Now I have a conspiracy theory that people who do conspiracy theories know that they're not real. But anyway, we'll get into that later on the show. But but we, we have a new tradition on the show. We, we asked Diesel a question. Yesterday we discovered his favorite color is green. His favorite number is the number three. It turns out because he was born on October 3rd. Not narcissistic at all. I love everything about that. Good morning, Tommy. Good morning, Bill. Happy hump day to you. Happy hump day. What was the name of your best friend in first grade? First name? Anthony. Are you and Anthony still friends? We are not. He lives in Utah. I have remained here in the Northeast. We have lost touch. Got it. Anthony, somewhere out there in first grade, you were the color green to Diesel. Oh, Diesel. I got where Diesel puts his finger on the nose and points at me. Do you like that now? Yeah, I should probably learn what it means, but uh, yeah, why not? I don't know what it means either, but it feels really, really good. Let's... um. We're going to get to the soccer in a little bit. It was a really exciting victory for the country. Um, a lot, I think, to un- unpack there. I love those events, and it's really the World Cup and I think the Olympics, as I scratch my head, that is such a unifying sport. Right, Most of the sports we watch, we are rooting for and against each other's teams, or we're neutral. The college football playoff rankings just came out, and you know, your view on, let's say, Ohio State at five over Alabama is not a unified perspective across the country. One thing that's really cool about, about the World Cup is we're all in it together. So we'll hit that 15 or 20 minutes. But let's start with the college football rankings. Uh, no big surprise. 
No overwhelming change. I, I don't love it. I made the case yesterday a little tepidly, I think, Cell, but as as I thought about it, it really took root. I think Alabama's a better team than Ohio State. I know, I know that the Dodfather disagrees. And I don't mind being on the other side of people, but it is a little scary being on the other side of someone whose nickname, Dennis Dodd, is the Dodfather. You take your last name and the Godfather and that dude's college football prowess, you put it all together in a great big Dodfather stew. And, and, I don't know. Makes me nervous. But for me, Alabama, yes, the two losses, both on the road, by a total of four points. Ohio State got blown out this past weekend at home in Columbus against that Michigan team that is number two in the college football playoff rankings. Here's where we stand. Georgia number one, not a surprise. 12-0, as you know. Michigan, 12-0, at number two. That's right. They'll stay there as long as they beat Purdue. That is certainly expected. And, of course, Georgia got to get through a, a more difficult test in LSU, but the expectation for all of us, myself included, they'll win that game. TCU, sitting at three, the last undefeated team. They play a K-State squad, by the way, that is 10 on these rankings. That's not a... It's not a guarantee, but they found ways to win. And then USC at four, sitting at eleven and one. They will play Utah. Utah is eleven on these rankings, and they their one loss, their sole loss, is to Utah earlier in the season. Ohio State comes in at five, so they're in the pole position to jump. You would presume. I certainly do into that college football playoff if TCU loses or USC loses, and I think it's very possible if not likely, that, that one of those two teams lose. It's probably TCU be the team that will go down. But again, Utah's already beat USC this year. Uh, Alabama 6, Tennessee 7, Penn State 8, Clemson 9, Kansas State 10. By the way, interestingly, the the top number of teams in, in these rankings by conference, it is a tie, and that tie is between the SEC with a whole handful plus one of teams and, you ready for it, Pac-12. And the Pac-12 has a larger number in the top 17 than the SEC, although not a larger number in the top 10, because that's the lies, damn lies, and statistics that Mark Twain was talking about when I wasn't paying attention to school. But the, the quote stuck in my brain, now I can use it on Sports Talk Radio to sound smart, even though everybody knows that I'm not. That's what's happening right right there. And my point is this. In the, in the glow, and it's strong here in L.A., of what Lincoln Riley has done, it really is a remarkable accomplishment. The massive contract that he got, his ability to come to this program here in Los Angeles, California, and immediately, literally, actually make them championship contenders is astonishing. Now, it is not like for like. It is, in fact, apples and oranges, comparing his, the immediacy of his turnaround to almost any other coach of that stature or otherwise who's done it quickly because the transfer portal and the NIL is an enhancer of that, but the transfer portal obviously makes it much easier. Forget easier. It, there's a realistic path to immediate success or a larger percentage of, of, of your guys being a part of your roster because you can just go get them. You can recruit. But still, that he's done this at USC with massive expectations and that incredible contract, and let's be honest – the, if you're an Oklahoma fan, it's the word, even if it feels unfair in the rest of the country, emotion's part of the deal in sports, the betrayal of his exit from the place that gave him his huge opportunity as a young offensive coordinator, one of the youngest in the country when Bob Stoops hired him, and as the heir apparent to a program that had won a national championship back in 1999 and been a force again and again and again, all that combined, the pressure of that, the emotion of it, the expectations, 
in Southern California. The fact that the Pac-12, even if you're not paying attention all the time, which makes sense, most of you aren't out here on the West Coast. It's late where a lot of these games are on. I get it. The fact that he's done that is pretty astonishing. And I think it does raise a really interesting question. And, and Diesel, I know you don't jump in a, in a lot on the on the uh, on the open, but but jump in here. And if you want to, you know, give us your sign or something, I'm a Pisces, whatever. Like Diesel info is is critical. I I'm also coming around to the idea because Ohio State got to that five, and because I and I by the way I love in a practical sense in a vacuum the idea of a conference that is not the SEC getting the benefit of the doubt over the SEC. And if that expresses itself in two teams from the Big Ten having a chance to be in the college football playoff while it's still four rather than than one, rather than an SEC, a couple SEC schools, I'm here for it. And not because I hate the SEC, just because I like change and I'm from Big Ten country. It's where I grew up and I live in Pac-12 country. And there's familiarity, at least for me in sports, does not actually breed contempt. It breeds often the opposite. But I don't want it to happen just because I want it to happen. I want it to be deserved. I don't think Ohio State, sorry, Buckeye fans, I don't think they deserve a spot in the college football playoff. I just don't. You had one game, and you didn't have to beat Michigan, by the way, at home to be in a position to be in the college football playoff. You had to play them close. You had to show up. I mean, it's not, to me, a lot to ask a team at home against a historical rival who they tend to be better than. Now, Now, Ryan Day versus Harbaugh is kind of a different thing, and I understand that, especially of late. But Ohio State didn't have to win to be in the right position. They just had to show up, and they didn't. They got their doors blown off. They did in the end. That's the way that it went down. Conservative play calling, giving Michigan opportunities. Michigan took advantage like they were at home. Ohio State played scared like they were on the road. To me, they should be out. They should be out. So if Bama's not going to jump Ohio State, and I'm down with that, Diesel, I'm kind of in a position as I think about what Lincoln Riley's accomplished. If I'm honest with myself and with everybody else, that history, I know this is a college basketball term, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use it, the blue blood realities of some programs, that's why, that's why Ohio State gets more benefit of the doubt or Alabama gets more benefit of the doubt over, say, a TCU. Dennis Dodd said yesterday, TCU loses, they're still in. I think it makes sense. I just don't think it'll happen because they're not one of those blue blood programs or it's not guaranteed. Put all that together, the fact that the Pac-12 is a lot better than people think the, pack that it, the fact that if USC loses, they're going to lose to the same school twice who are going to be a top 10 school at that point. They're 11 right now in Utah. The fact that for USC to lose and still be able to play for a national championship seems an easier thing to do because the team they're leapfrogging in Ohio State got their doors blown off. Barring an Alabama leap, which isn't going to happen, Alabama's not playing, I think if USC loses... And it's a close game in particular. I think USC over Ohio State for me, which I didn't think three days ago. I think these are your four teams. The four teams they told us last night, I think no matter what happens, they should be your four teams. What if K-State, I think this is possible, what if K-State beats TCU? So I've got a little bit of a familiarity with K-State. I covered them a lot when I was at the Kansas City Star as a newspaper writer, I spent time around Bill Snyder. I wasn't a beat writer, but I would go in and parachute in and spend a week with various people. That's how I got to know Frank Martin so well. Um, I, I spent a lot of time in Manhattan, Kansas. So I don't underestimate that program when it's playing well. It, it has sort of a Pac-12 vibe to it. People just don't pay attention. They're like, oh, I didn't know that Kansas State had a winning record, let alone her 10th in the country. Let's say K-State beats TCU 
by two possessions, right? They win by 10, they win by 11, they win by 14, they win by 17. It's just three possessions, hashtag math. Are you open to the idea, and I don't mean what's going to happen, what should happen, of TCU falling out? Because I, I think I am. I'm not from the standpoint of what you spoke upon earlier. I can't reward Ohio State for not even reaching their conference championship game. You don't get to elevate yourself up just because another team lost their conference championship game, which, oh, by the way, you had an opportunity to get to, but you fell on your face at home. I'm with you. If Ohio State was at five because the college football committee was smart enough and tactical enough and devious enough, uh, like Diesel sometimes, right? To yeah, to to use Ohio State as a blocker, right? If 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 if, if from the committee's perspective, Ohio State was at five because they thought there was a huge gulf between Ohio State and TCU and USC, and therefore that was a blocker to keep the Final Four as the Final Four, regardless. I'd be down with the way this dropped last night, as and it was as expected. But I'm with, I, I agree. I don't think Ohio State is better than Alabama, or to more to the point, has a better resume this season than Alabama. And I know you don't like the expanded college football playoff scenario, D-Cell, and, and I do. And what I'm about to propose is, is really not either of those things. It is too bad that there's not a mechanism in place. In a situation like this, where they don't have an Ohio State-Alabama game this weekend that they just conjure up, right? Like a play-in non-conference championship. I know it sounds ridiculous, but because then not only would that be an intense football game and drive ratings, but I think that if you're TCU and you're USC, the pressure mounts because there is the risk that if Alabama blows the doors off Ohio State or Ohio State blows the doors off of Alabama in this imaginary ride of the new bowl game that we're going to call it. We're going to sponsor it now. I don't have money, but I had the idea that maybe they leapfrog you. That, that's, and I know the playoff doesn't do that, but it does include more teams in the mix, which which I would like. That, to me, would be more fair. I think Alabama would beat Ohio State by 10 points. Maybe 17 if the game's in Columbus. It's a little joke there. It's a little, <laughs> I apologize, Ohio. My wife's from Ohio. All our family are Ohio State fans. To be fair, I grew up in Iowa, and you guys like ripped my, my soul from my chest many times as a, as a young Hawkeye fan, back when that was a thing. I love this potential 5-6 matchup. And I don't think it has to be every year. I think it's a scenario which this year it played out that way where those teams have a the potential to leapfrog someone in the top four right now. I love that idea much more than the expanded playoff. Could you call it the non-conference championship? Oh, uh, sure. Why not? We can call Why it Why not? Call want. it something. I mean, it would produce money. I know everybody's rolling their eyes, but it would produce. I prefer the expanded college football playoff. But if you're not going to do that, why not create a scenario where you've got some flexibility? The problem is from a scheduling perspective, from a sales perspective, what it takes to put these things together. You have to be in a neutral site. You have to have a city with a hotel room that's available. You'd have to schedule it. So you'd have years where it's just a complete and utter and total dud. But that, for me, is I don't, I'm not convinced Ohio State is a better football team than Alabama. In fact, I'm convinced Alabama's a markedly better team than Ohio State. And I think that's the benefit of the college football playoff expansion. They wouldn't play each other in these scenarios. But you get, I think, some clarity on things that we we don't actually have answers over the course of a college football season. We have answers to what we think the Final Four are going to be. I'm not sure we have real answers to who belongs, who's better. I mean, Clemson, I don't think Clemson's very good, but they're 10-2. and two. 
Penn State's 10 and 2. Tennessee's 10 and 2. Alabama's 10 and 2. Are you really convinced that not a single one of those teams could beat TCU or Southern or USC or Michigan on any given, in this case, Saturday? I'm not convinced. And I think that's part of where we are. But in the final conclusion, the top four is correct. I hate Ohio State at five. And again, this is not Ohio State hate, even though many of my seminal sporting memories are Ohio State destroying my hopes and dreams in Iowa City at Hawkeye games. I wanted Ohio State and Michigan to both be in the Final Four because I thought it would be interesting. But for that, to, and if Ohio State had lost by, by a possession, then back and forth game and, and it was tied and Michigan drives down and wins on a walk-off or whatever, I'm right now, I'm right now pushing Ohio State to be in, probably over unfairly, USC. I probably am. I don't think I could exclude TCU. That's not what happened. Ohio State, Scrooge McDuck, that thing. Let me just give it a run to that. I told Diesel, Diesel, you know, I told Diesel, because like my kids come up with different words for not allowed to swear, right? Like on the good place, they say fork. I'm going to go Scrooge McDuck is my, ah, uh, Scrooge McDuck. Do you like, you don't like it. You don't look like you like it. No, no, I do like it. I do like it. You think I should have explained to the audience first before I used it? No, no, not at all. I think, you know, maybe there were some people scratching their heads. He did he just say Scrooge McDuck? Scrooge McDuck, that too. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, we can, we can use that moving forward instead of the swearsies. Percentage chance that TCU and USC both win for you this weekend? Less than 50. Yeah, I was going to say 45%. Yeah, that's about One where I'm going at. down. One of them's going down. All right, let's talk some soccer. Uh, Christian Pulisic. By the way, this is not a good way to sell a soccer segment. Can we stop calling him Captain America? Can we just stop? Ryan Hickey put out the dumbest tweet I've ever seen in my entire life yesterday. We're texting back and forth. I love Ryan. He produces that Gelb show. But Pulisic scored a goal. It was amazing. It was great. He's not Captain America. He's not America's Messi. This is a U.S. men's national team with a whole bunch of young talent, including Pulisic, who were playing in Europe. And they had a gutsy galling, nerve-wracking victory yesterday that every true American other than D-Cell watched in its entirety. Well, maybe maybe not everyone, because some of you didn't. But we're going to get into it and what it means. Let's go, USA Soccer! Next year on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back into the show. Go America. Let's go, man. Uh, if you missed it yesterday, U.S. men's national team playing in this thing called the World Cup needed to beat Iran. Couldn't get a tie. Couldn't tie. Couldn't draw. Uh, could not lose. And, and it's easier said than done because when a team like Iran just needs a draw, they'll just fall. They'll basically be really defensive, get really compact, fall, fall into a low block. It's a little fancy soccer term for you there. And, uh, and make life difficult. And it was stressful and it was interesting. And I thought U.S. played really well. Uh, Christian Pulisic, who is not even the captain of the team right now. They have a rotating captain, but they voted for one singular captain over the course of this tournament, who's Tyler Adams, their defensive midfield, their holding midfielder, who's incredible. So Captain America would be Tyler Adams. It would be, DC. If you're going to call him, I hate that term. Aren't people using it not in the literal sense, but saying that Pulisic is indeed their best player? Yeah, but he's not a superhero. I mean, if you're, it'd have to be a superhero who doesn't really have powers. Like, what's the guy who shoots the arrows? Maybe he's him. Yeah, I don't Clint? know. I don't know his Hawkeye. name. Hawkeye. Hawkeye, yes, yes. Yeah, but it doesn't have the same ring to it. But Pulisic scored an incredible goal, like in the 38th minute, I believe. Uh, crashed the box. And the goal itself really epitomized where American soccer's at. Because for the first time in a long time, we have young players. Average age of the starting 11 yesterday was 24 years. It really is 24 years, 361 days, which is almost 24. Whatever. Point is, they were young. And you've got a bunch of guys out there who are playing all over the all over the world. And if I remember right, that play went from Tyler Adams, who I think is our best player, uh, to Mr. McKinney, who's um, an absolute stud, plays in Italy. He sent a beautiful pass to Sergio Des, who was at Barcelona and just got put on loan, also in Syria. As a header, Des put a header into Pulisic, who crashed the box, scored a great goal, and got hurt. And I, I'm just going to be honest, because I don't, I don't like lying to the audience, um, Diesel. I'm just going to be honest. I feel about Christian Pulisic almost the way I do Chris Paul. Now, I haven't had the same number of, like, horrible interactions, but I've had a couple bad ones with, with, with old Captain America. What are you laughing at? I'm, just, I'm trying to be honest so that when I give my opinion, people know that maybe I'm wrong because there's some personal stuff there. In talking about the U.S. advancing out of group stage into the knockout stage, this, is not, this is not the way I thought this segment America. was going to go. He also has a tendency to always be hurt. And I think our colleague Stuart Kovacs called him the Anthony Davis of the EPL, right? Is that, is that right? Uh, that is accurate information, yes. So I'm just self-owning, okay? I'm telling myself. I'm not, I'm not criticizing Pulisic. It was a great goal. When he got hurt, I was on a string with my family, and they're like, oh, no. And I'm like, he's a little baby. He's fine. Little baby show off. Uh, anyway, he went to the hospital with a pelvic contusion, which is a really medically kind way of saying, oh, no. Oh, God, No. <laughs> So, I'm sorry, Christian. I, I, and by the way, my brother made a good point when I told him the story. He's like, when you had that interaction with Chris Paul, he's a grown man with kids. How old was Christian Pulisic when you interviewed him? Like, 19. So, maybe I should, you know, maybe I should lighten up a little bit. But it was an amazing goal. And I didn't, we don't need to get into all the tactics. I didn't love the final, basically, 18, 20 minutes of the match. And some of that was because they added nine minutes of stoppage time to just turn all of our hair gray. Because... Burhalter, Greg Burhalter, who's the who's the coach, went very defensive. I didn't like his substitutes. 
and really sort of dropped back and gave up possession to Iran. I mean, the USA only had 51% possession over the course of the game, which means Iran, I haven't looked at the second half stats, had to have had the ball 70 or 75% of the time in the second half. We And we conceded a really bad penalty, uh, free kick, at, at just outside the box with a little bit of time left. It was, I know you didn't watch it, Diesel. You're, you're, you're from America, right? You're American? America? Uh, also accurate information, okay. yes. Because it would make sense if you're like in England, if you're like actually English. I saw the entire first half. I saw the goal. I saw it right here in this building. And at a halftime, that's time when I leave work and head home. We should cut this out and send this like the Soccer Hall of Fame because I'm opening with Christian Pulisic's little baby man, and you're opening with, I watched some of the game for a while, not the stuff that mattered. <laughs> we are committed. We are into it. It's a huge win for, for the USA. It, 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 re, it really is. And the way in which the U.S. men's national team, I, I think, defensively, held over th- all three matches, Wales, England, and um, and Iran yesterday, to no goal scored from open play. The only goal, open play. Fancy soccer term, soccer! Uh, the only goal that was conceded by this USA team, I think to a pretty sh- pretty shocking given the back line and th- the fact that it changed a little bit over the course of the tournament, was a, was a penalty kick awarded, probably rightfully so, but a bad challenge on Gareth Bale who scored a goal. That bodes really well. I, I think USA's midfield bodes really well. And I know you're a huge Netherlands guy. I know you've really stunned up on the Netherlands who were playing, Diesel. Can I give you a little bit of info about the Netherlands? It's a good draw for us. It's oh, a good draw. Please do. Wear, please do. They, I'll, uh, they, I'll you know, cross-reference it with my own notes here. They wear, okay, we're going to cross-reference. They wear all orange. Captain Holland's pretty good. There's no Captain Holland. <laughs> Uh, Frankie DeYoung is their basically box-to-box midfielder who's excellent. Memphis Depay is a guy who is getting healthy and can score goals. The Netherlands are good. They're better. They're a favorite. I think they're, they're minus 240 or somewhere in that range. As It's as good a draw as you can get. I think USA c- can win this match. By the way, do you get confused like I do Netherlands or Holland? I know I should memorize this. I just have trouble with it. Do you know who you're talking to? Yes, I get confused with it like all the, the time. Like the Dutch or the Danes, right? No, no, no. Sorry, the Dutch are the Netherlands, who are Holland, and the Danes are from Denmark. Uh, who's on first? I, it's My wife lived in the Netherlands, and I don't know this. But USA can win this game. I think their midfield, it's going to be hard going to Frankie de Jong, but I think USA's midfield, especially if McKinney is healthy, and he is. He just I think he was a little gassed at the end of that, at the end of that match. And, and Tyler Adams and, and, and Musa, I mean... Brandon Aronson's going to get a chance to come in if Pulisic's hurt. You've got Gio Reyna, who's on the bench. These are all guys who play at a pretty high level in terms of quality of play in Europe. And some of these guys, like Brandon Aronson, Tyler Adams, play for Leeds and play play tons of minutes. Um, this is the most in-depth soccer we've ever done, but it's a huge step forward for, for USA soccer. It's pretty exciting stuff. Now you say it's a huge step forward. Isn't this what we were supposed to do, get out of group stage? Like, wouldn't it? It have been a disaster if we yes. did not advance. Yeah, so we we have succeeded by the standards of our program. And four years from now, we are. I wish you all could see this because the microphone for D cell fall off of his thing, and he's trying to screw it back in. See, you even talk soccer and things fall apart. <laughs> You're right. Even the equipment knows. Did you get it? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah so good enough. Four years from now, this generation's going to be 
you know, at its prime. That World Cup is going to come with the experience of whatever ha- has happened and happens against the Netherlands, and if, if we win, whatever follows. And it's going to happen in North America, including large chunks of it in the United States of America, and I'm sure the U.S. men's national team will play in the USA, which is a huge advantage. So I think part of the reason you need success now is the idea of ma- real it's a long shot, but real success down the road. But yes, like we have accomplished what we needed. We didn't make the World Cup last time around. I mean, we actually didn't even qualify for the World Cup four years ago. So the last time we were in a World Cup, most of the players who were playing yesterday were 15 and 16 and 17 years old. And so this is a really young squad. And it, it's a. And I'm not going to do the whole, like, this is going to make America a sucker country. It's, that's dumb. Our, some of us like it, some of us don't. I just think that it is, for those people that are into the sport, really, really cool to watch Americans and America actually hold its own against the best in the world. And I think for people that, that aren't completely into it, that's fine. It is a unifying thing. And on Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific time, I'm going to get up for it. It's one of those rare sports where we all get to sit, watch it, root for it, and we're in this together. It's You know, Alabama versus Auburn, it's not like those folks live that far from each other but they are bitter and absolute rivals, right? I'm a Cubs fan. When we play the Cardinals, I want to beat the snot out of them. And, like, those – I went to school in Missouri, and I'm friends with a bunch of those people. I just like the unifying reality of all of us cheering together, apparently other than D-Cell, who's rooting for England. That's something. not true at Come all. On. At all. Come on. I'm into it. You kind of watch the second half, bro. I'm into the first half. You are into the first half. We look good. All right, let's – um. you want to do a little NBA, want to do a little NBA power rankings? It's hump day. You know that means NBA power rankings. Oh, hump day. What a great expression. Not really. Uh, let's, um, we've got NBA power rankings for you. I think it's the second week we've done it. Maybe the third because we, we weren't around last week during the holidays. Since D-Cell wasn't going to work, I'm like, I'm out. I'm completely out because I can't work when D-Cell doesn't because hashtag best friends. So we've got a, a, an update of power rankings with one, two, three pretty big surprises. It's coming up here on the show. Oh, yeah. After we get a CBS Sports Radio update. From Greg Caserta. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back into the show. What's going on? Bill Ryder with you. By the way, before we get to these NBA power rankings, hi, D-Cell. You good, buddy? Hey there, Bill. Yeah, I'm great. I read that there's some cold weather hit, hit in the country. Has it has it hit New York City? See, I'm in a good mood because you didn't ask me about the weather this morning prior to the show. Uh, okay. This is going to put me in a bad mood now. Yes, it is bitterly cold here in the Northeast. We're talking like we're in the 20s in the morning when I leave the house. That's chilly. I'm not going to tell you about the, the weather in Los Angeles. I'm not. Please I'm don't. Not, Please I was, don't. Apparently it's very cold in Des Moines. I lived in Des Moines a long time. Loved Des Moines. Got married in Des Moines. Followed people on Twitter from Des Moines. I saw a bunch of folks looking cold. So no complaining about the fact it was 58 last night here here in uh, L.A. Um, we just did a soccer segment. I forgot to tell you this. So you're not there yet with, with, with being a bad parent on accident. I'm going to tell you a bad parent story. About me? No, I'm just Will, a, I'm just a regular bad parent. Because <laughs> Will's what seventeen month, year and a half in a, in a month, seventeen months. Yep. Henry is uh, ten. My son Henry. Now, uh, they have technology at school. They have laptops. They use sometimes. Understandably, they're not allowed to watch TV with when they're doing school. And Henry came home yesterday and was like, "Hey, he actually told. I'm so glad he told Lori, not me, because I would have just." So <laughs> this is where I got from Lori. The teacher's like. Henry pulled secretly pulled up the World Cup and started watching. <laughs> I think it was highlights. It was over USA, Iran, and then started telling all the kids. And then one of the kids ratted him out. And he got in a bunch of trouble. And then I think he <laughs> went and did it again. And he told me he, I already sort of knew. And I I don't know what I was thinking. I go, dude, I'm proud of you. That's what I said. <laughs> like, really? I'm like, yeah, I mean, don't do it a lot, but like, yeah, I'd watch the I'd watch the soccer too, buddy. Good job, good job, Dad of the Year, Tom. I'm sure all the kids were interested in it. I mean, good for him to know how to pull it up. And, like, he got ratted out. It's not even like he got caught. He's 10. He had more commitment to USA Soccer than you did. That's true. Media. That's You're true. Sports media. <laughs> Great point. <laughs> Come on, I mean, like, give the kid a, some extra credit. Do they do that in, in fourth grade? Uh, Henry should probably produce the show. Hen- well, let's not go down that. No, you're doing a great job. You may not watch soccer, but it's okay. Is it, though? Is it okay? I'm going to watch Argentina today. Argentina's playing Poland. Messi, they could they could, they could get a draw, but t- uh, win, and they're, they're in. Messi versus Lewandowski. I need to start scouting Messi. He's going to be playing here in the States soon. Two, well, today's the day, 2 Eastern. You can watch the first half at work and the second half on your phone because you have YouTube TV. There you go. Yeah, Diesel made the, the argument, though, the, the, I don't have unlimited data, but you should have unlimited love for your country. Yeah, so you went data there. I go data. Uh, data, data. By the way, you say tomato, I say tomato. Have you ever heard anyone say tomato? No, just like potato, potato. Nobody says potato. I think I've heard a potato or two. Really? I got a buddy, yeah, from New York City who's, he's a rich guy, so maybe this is part of the deal. He calls a buffet a buffet. See, like, you can't do that. My daughter calls it a buffet. I don't know where it came from. I've never heard that before. He, he the first time he said it, we, I met the guy in, in Arkansas. He was a fish out of water, which is a great expression. I get that one. 
And he's like, let's go to the buffet. I was like, what'd you call me? <laughs> what'd you say? Are you trying to fight right now? <laughs> buffet. Sounds like a polite fart, doesn't it? Like, what's a buffet? <laughs> Excuse me, I just buffeted. <laughs> what is that? All right. Um, I just said fart on the air. I don't know what I was thinking. Let's uh, let's do NBA power rankings. Some will rise, others will fall. Let the ranking begin on Writer Than You's NBA Power Rankings. Number five. I have got the New Orleans Pelicans here. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Oh, snap. Their GM, David Griffin, who I may have uh, slightly offended over the last few years, <laughs> and I know well. What an incredible-looking basketball team. And for me, one of the, the, the metrics, one of the standards for excellence, and, and one of the requirements for me on who I bet on come the, the postseason, Tom, is balance in offense and defense. And the way to measure that is offensive rating. Defensive rating, not actually points per game and points scored against per game. You have to measure by how many possessions there are. It's just a better mathematical look at, at teams. And, and these guys are almost a top-five offense and defense, which is a championship-level team. Uh, they're six in defensive rating. They're fit, they're, excuse me, they're six in offensive rating. They're six in defensive rating. But I think the real thing that's interesting about them is the depth and breadth of talent they have and, and the reality that if if Zion Williamson can be out there and can be healthy and can remain a part of this team consistently, I know that's a giant, giant, giant question mark. Uh, he, you know, he's very Christian Pulisic-like in that way. Oh, that was wrong. Um, or accurate, but maybe the wrong time to bring it up. This team can go really, really deep. I it may be, it may be short term. It may not last. Uh, if you're betting your mortgage on Zion being healthy, then you're probably planning not to live in that house. But that doesn't mean his history of the past can't be turned around for a little more success. We've seen it before. It's not always the case, especially with bigger dudes. But this New Orleans team, when he's playing, even when he's not, but when he's playing, are really, really good. Number four. So you know I've been huge on the Cleveland Cavaliers, and they are legit. They've had some fits and starts. They got off to a great start and then as their own head coach said maybe were taking themselves a little too seriously believing their press a little too much but Donovan Mitchell's addition is incredibly significant. I don't know if Giannis Antetokounmpo is right when he said that um, that Evan Mobley can be better than him but I do think it speaks to a level of excellence. A ceiling that Mobley has. Darius Garland is an absolute stud. Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, there's all kinds of depth. Kevin Love, actually, when he's out there, when he's healthy, when he's playing, is an interesting six-man. They play really hard. They play great defense. They have the firepower. And the thing about them that's really, I think, interesting and scary is they're really young, so there's a ceiling there. I think they are capable of getting better year after year. Now, it didn't happen with Atlanta, and I thought that it would, but unlike Atlanta, their best player, Donovan Mitchell, is a veteran. And even though he's not had great success in the postseason, he can kind of shoot you out of some games. He's one of, I don't know, five or six guys, seven guys currently in the NBA who in the playoffs, in a series, is literally capable of going and getting you 45 or more at least one time. And that can be the difference between winning a series and losing a series. A guy that can just go and get you buckets and get you halfway to a victory. Love this Cleveland team. Number three. These guys fall for me a little bit, not because anything they've done wrong, something another team has done right. I love the Milwaukee Bucks, and, and I love 
what they're capable of being. This isn't some kind of revelation. It's not like the stupid inner earth theory that Aaron Rodgers apparently is talking about sometimes. They're like, whoa! I mean, this is a team that's already won an NBA championship. They have Inyaz Azadokounmpo, a multi-time MVP, who's going to win both more MVPs and, I think, more titles. Chris Middleton's an important part of the equation when he is healthy. The only thing that gives me a little bit of a pause is this team's offense. They're, they're, they're literally the best team defensively in the NBA. They have the best defense in the NBA. And their net rating is top five, which is sort of like how many more points they score per game per 100 possessions than the team they are playing. Offensively, though, they're not even quite middle of the pack. Now, I think some of that is the lackadaisical nature of teams that, again, to use the same expression, maybe play with their food a little bit too much. I think Giannis is clearly a guy that can go and get you buckets when you need them. But teams tend not to ever win NBA championships when they're not balanced throughout the course of a year. We've seen this with the Warriors, too. It's a concern, but it doesn't change the fact that Milwaukee's really, really, really good. Number two. The Phoenix Suns featuring my favorite guy, the Christian Pulisic of the NBA. It's not even a good comparison. Chris Paul. I just want to be honest with the people about who I like and don't like, Tom. Uh, Yes, you do not hold back on who you do not like. Second best offense in the game. Sixth best defense in the game. Not a championship level of experience, but they obviously made that NBA Finals against Milwaukee and weren't quite able to close the deal. Devin Booker, and this is one of the big questions, could he be an absolute, unvarnished, sure-thing star and sort of replace Chris Paul as the one to the one-two? And at least in the regular season, the answer is an an absolutely yes, he, he can. The guy's averaging 28 points per game. He's been incredibly reliable. When Chris Paul has missed games, he's missed a bunch. They've been fine without him in large part because of Devin Booker. When Paul's out there, he's really good as an orchestrator of the offense. He is not scoring the same number of points per game, but I'm not sure the way to which that actually matters. He can go get buckets, but he's better situated in a team where he creates for other guys, and he's averaging Chris Paul when he's playing almost an assist per game. I think the depth in the young team, they have a young team too, I think a lot like Cleveland with more postseason experience. But I think, so I can point to a lot of guys, DeAndre Ayton's leap and how capable he is of being a a really important, a number three on a championship-level team instead of one of many guys with quality and depth, I think is really important. I still worry about their locker room. I still worry about Chris Paul's leadership. I still worry about DeAndre Ayton being frustrated with his coach. I still worry about the ghosts of past postseason failures coming back to bear on what they're about. But right now, in this moment, They are the second-best team in the National Basketball Association. Number one. Hello, Boston Celtics. These guys are so good, D-Cell. They have the best offense in the game and are historically good offensively. And they were a huge, a huge question mark coming into the season. Yeah, Joe Mazzulla has done an amazing job. And I think the scary thing for this Celtics team is that one of the hallmarks of their success the last you know several years, when they've done well. Remember, this is a, a group with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown at the core who made who who made a, an Eastern Conference Finals, man, like, like 2017 or, or somewhere. Around. I mean, they've been in the league for a long time, even though they're young dudes. And defense has always been one of the critical parts of, of their excellence. 
They have not been great this year defensively. They started off terribly defensively. It makes sense. You lose your head coach, get a little discombobulated, trying to get a feel for the new guy. You're playing a really high tempo, different, better offensive approach. But their defense has gotten better and better as things have gone on. And I think you're going to see a Celtics team that by March 1st, maybe sooner, is going to be consistently, night after night, a top 10 defense in the NBA. If that happens with the star power, with Jalen Brown doing what he's doing, his next big leap with the depth they have, with the historical, historically great offense and the postseason experience finals run last year, watch out rest of the NBA. Honorable mention. I've got the Philadelphia 76ers here. I'm of two minds. They are not particularly good right now. I mean, they're mediocre, right? They're doing okay considering they're, they're just slew of injuries and I and I'm on the record on this I don't think they're particularly well coached but Embiid and Harden and Maxi all guys who have been injured are injured their ability to get those guys back and then go to another level is a real thing we'll see if it gets there it is a real thing here's your participation trophy all right last one here I'm gonna give it to the Nuggets and the Grizzlies they're good they're interesting I'm just not sure there's enough there for different reasons. Uh, the Nuggets have a te- are just terrible defensively. Terrible defensively, but they've got a Nikola Jokic, a guy that every night can go out and just be ridiculous. For Memphis, I love their depth. I- I've talked a lot about their upside. I think they can be a top two or three team in the West this year. John Morant, I think we hit this the other day, Tom. It- he's just going to have to, it's not a criticism, just expand his game. He's gotten to the point where he's individually a superstar. And then the next big step, and it's hard to do. Most of these guys make their careers by being individually excellent in the framework of a team. He's going to have to use his magic, and he is magical at times on the floor. He's going to have to share some of that magic with his teammates and put them in positions maybe to enhance them a little bit. I think it'll happen. I think it's a process. He's a really young guy still. Really like Memphis. Uh, Anybody you want to, to take off the list or add to the list? Uh, can I say real quickly, though, when you put the Pelicans at number five, I was scanning the NBA standings. I could not find them. I'm not used to seeing them number three in the West. You were looking so far. Down. I've always said this. David Griffin, great at his job. <laughs> <laughs> let's, um, let's talk some college football and some NFL. Bryant McFadden, former player, joins me next here on CBS Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.